0: on maynard.com.au AU! This next song depicts a group of people leaving a venue and being beaten to a pole. It was only a rumour I called your girlfriend hey. When the lights went out it could have been
1: we're here at a pivotal time in history, in a pivotal place in history. We are in King's Cross, where many deals have gone down that have been shady. But I'm with a guy who's happy to be shady, and he's bringing his shade out to show you all. Hi, Steve. How are you? Very good, man. Of course, we worked together in the Castanet Club, and even going back to the musical flags.
2: Very excited by the fact that you're bringing a show out called What Happened to Sandman or How I Became a Bird Watcher. And it's not a question what happened to Sandman. It's a statement. What happened to Sandman? We're going to tell you. How are you doing that without spoiling it? Pretty much it's a work-in-progress show. So we went to Newcastle for the Fringe Festival. We pretty much rehearsed in front of the audience and we learned a few things in in very uh, tough conditions. Uh, How forgiving is the Newcastle
1: audience for you rehearsing a show in front of these days?
2: They were very forgiving and very loyal, the handful that came, because we didn't really publicise the show at all. I love not publicising.
1: You've always been quite big on that. It's like people just turn up and they go,
2: what is this? That's exactly right. Well, you know, it's hard to surprise people in entertainment anymore and that's why I like to start the show 15 minutes early as well.
1: I always think you should start the show on time because if people are late, well, that's their problem and the people that turned up on time
2: should be rewarded. I'm already on ten minutes before they get in there, so I'm, the only thing is I finish probably ten minutes a bit bit early, you know, at the end, but that's the downside to it. So we went to Newcastle, we did four shows there, they went okay, we learned a lot of things and in no way am I using the Newcastle people because, you know, I've given a lot to that community. <laughs> Warren and I have been collaborating, Bowling Man, as you might remember, in the Castanet Club and so Warren and I, we also work on TV and film things as well we've been chipping away at the what happened to sandman show
1: is there a bigger band involved it just you musically is it a one-man show
2: well it's a one-man show but warren sits in the audience as the director and uh, we talked to him about stanley kubrick a little bit and things like that and then we got a tech guy and that's it it's pretty much me on stage and not only does it say what happened to sandman after my fateful appearance on um, sunrise in 2009
1: i i wasn't up that early in 2009 what happened
2: Well, I didn't get up to watch it either. That was the the catalyst moment when I thought, I, because I vowed I'd never go on Sunrise, and I went on, and I knew that it wouldn't really work out. And, of course, it didn't work out, and after that I decided that was it for Sandman because he was probably eight years past his use-by date anyway. This show pretty much tracks my breakup with myself, which is Sandman kind of break up with myself.
1: You've always been someone who's maybe been a bit harsher on your own material than you should be sometimes. Are you sure that it was just your reaction to being in that weird environment on Sunrise or was it other people
2: getting on you? It was all personal thing because, you know, I've been doing this character for 30 something years really.
1: Do you think it goes all the way back to Robbo and the musical Flags and Johnny Goodman?
2: Yeah. And even before that, you know, because it's really me as if I, Sandman really is me if I did everything my mother told me to do. It kind of goes back to like 1962. So I've been with this kind of character. And it started with Robbo, Johnny Goodman, it developed further, Mr. Funny, then Sandman at Triple J. That's where he, he came to uh, um, national audience, I guess. Look, you can only spend so much time channeling a 14-year-old guy, a guy who's got the emotional age of a 14-year-old, and that's what Sandman is, and didn't serve my purposes anymore, really. I couldn't write any new material for it, and yet I needed to make money, and that's the, you know, I could still make a buck out of Sandman, but I was really just recycling.
1: Does this mean that you want to go in another direction and put it completely behind you? I don't
2: think I can break up forever, man. You know, like, I don't I hardly ever perform, really. I mean, I got inspired by the fact that the Dugs were going on the road again with Mm. Flacco. And I thought, well, you know, I probably should try and get something together. And I'm never going to get the crowds that the Dugs can get. There's also Tripod there back as well. Yeah, and I thought, well, why do I just have to not perform because, you know, I'm 60 years old? It's not going to be my life's work, but I really enjoy three or four nights somewhere going on and it's a pretty rustic show. As That's my aesthetic, as you know, is like starting early, always being on when the audience get in there. Being humble, pretty humble. Self-deprecation as a theatrical ploy has mm. been one of my sort of go-tos for a long time. It runs about an hour ten and there's a bit of pathos, some old material, there's some stuff where I didn't know I was going to say. There's footage of me being naked at the Melbourne Town Hall, which still is shocking to even me. And there's pictures of my mum. It talks about how my character was based pretty much on the impersonation of my mother, you know. Yeah. Have a field day with that, Dr Freud. Let's have a listen to some of the songs
1: there. The one that is punched in my mind is Lexi, which is one you did during the Castanet Club days. Poor Lexi.
0: drunk again. Then he ate the cake that Linda just bought. He gulped it down in handfuls, then he streaked, he thought
2: he ought. He ran across the road screaming out, oh, I want six. Lexi was the very first song that I ever wrote. So Lexi was when I really discovered that I had a voice. That was, I found out a way, I was kind of listening to Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers at that point of time and I guess Lexi kind of came out as a sort of inspiration from Jonathan Richmond. and I thought, wait a minute, I can write songs here and this has gave me a pipeline to my life in Wollongong and being an only child and all the other stuff that goes with it. Lexi was a pivotal piece of work for me.
1: So is this show a bookend or a jumping off point?
2: It's kind of a bit of both because it is a bookend. I kind of break up with Sandman at the end and so it is a jumping off point but, you know, I'm still doing Sandman in this show so really I haven't really broken up.
1: Theatrically, yes. Do you think people that are big fans of Sandman might find it a bit upsetting?
2: Oh, I don't think so. Well, I hope not. I want it to be a little touching at the end. You're taking it to
1: Canberra. When will be in Canberra, when are you are playing Canberra?
2: May the 28th, May the 29th at Street 2, Childers Street, I think, in Canberra. We were going to do three nights in a row, but our tech guy's got his wedding anniversary on the <laughs> Friday, so we can kind of do two shows on the Saturday. So 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock and a 6 o'clock Sunday and I haven't been to Canberra for a long time. And will Warren be in the audience there doing notes for you? See, Well, he's my director and so he sits there with the script because, you know, I don't always remember, what I've got to say and that brings me asking what's going on now and he tells me and then I might ask him what would Stanley Kubrick do and how would he make this scene better And
1: Normally, judging from Eyes Wide Shut he'd
2: make it longer with very few piano notes That's right, we're referencing more 2001 here ah. because we've got a monolith on the, our only piece of set is a standard lamp with an exposed light bulb and that's our epiphany light that goes off you know there's been an epiphanous moment our goal in the show is to create an epiphany for the audience and myself. It doesn't always go off.
1: I like the idea of the director being there and more doing that. Has he ever yelled out some stuff that you really haven't expected and shoved the show in the direction it wasn't planned?
2: No, he's actually pretty much keeps me on tracks because I'm busy (laughs) doing that myself. Ah. You know, I kind of go off. I'm a bit of a space cadet on stage and I go into parenthetical world and he kind of says, maybe you'd rather be saying this at this point. And I go, that's what I'm supposed to be talking about. So it's good to have your director there. That That is fantastic. Yeah, I know. And it's like a safety blanket for me as well because I don't always have to think I've got a script and I've worked out a show there is always a little bit of improvising within the parameters of that Mm. script so it's kind of like a one and a half man show yeah it is a one and a half man show yeah that's (laughs) you should call it (laughs) I should call it a one and a half man show I hate lights in theater to me it's always I don't care if they're fluoros or whatever (laughs) I just like the lights to go on and then I like like the lights to go off but because we're showing footages uh it's probably my pizza
1: you're not a guy to have any certain moods and staging in your lighting
2: But there are in the show, because other people are making me have lighting states Mm -hmm. and mood stuff. But we're showing footage on a screen, so you've got to take the lights down.
1: And to finish off, what do you reckon would be a song we should play to finish off with, Steve? I mean, who
2: can not play the ballad of Victor's menswear?
1: (laughs) I have been listening to the Castanet Club album because we had a bit of a screening of the movie for some people in Newcastle, and the movie holds up. If you can find a copy of the Castanet Club somewhere, have a look at it.
0: The girl beside me was tall, dark and sultry. The teeth held a rose And
1: can other cities other than Canberra see this eventually? Have you got plans to take it on anywhere in a couple of months?
2: No, no plans at all. We're pretty much one city at a time and we'll go to Canberra and then uh, see what happens next. No plans whatsoever, Maynard.
1: And where can people catch you online or on social media or anything like that or do they just have to
2: hopefully see you in the street? I like to make people work hard to try and find out where I'm on. You know, the harder it is, the, the bigger the reward when you get there. Well, Maybe.
0: Sitting in a car in the dark in a lane, waiting for the torch, waiting for the torchlight signal to start up the car. Move it up a bit, inch it up, inch it up, inch it up, little by little. I'll flash my light, flash my light. If things get hot, things get hot. I'll honk my horn, honk my horn. That means cops. Gotta help the others inside the shop That's my job Two of my friends gave me 50 bucks To drive their car in this robbery Two of my friends gave me 50 bucks To drive their car in this robbery There's Billy now and there's the light So I'll grab the jeans Put them in a sack And get them in the car Drive to a noon and sell the jeans At the beach Then I guess This mission is complete Oh, so it seems I'll flash my light, flash my light. If things get, hot. things get hot I'll honk my horn, honk my horn. That means cops. Cops. cops Gotta help the others Inside the shop That's my job. Two of my friends gave me 50 bucks to drive their car in this robbery. Two of my friends gave me 50 bucks to drive their car in this robbery. I didn't want to do it. I didn't have to do it, I didn't need the money, I'm middle class, I just won. He just wants approval. I didn't want to do it, I didn't have to do it, I didn't need the money, I'm middle class, I just won. He just wants approval, approval, approval,
1: approval. Approval! On Maynard.com.au AU!